17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL Chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Cordell, the Ravens get one step closer to the Super Bowl as they defeat the Houston Texans in big fashion, 34-10. to 10. So much to talk about. Let's start with the offensive side of the ball and uh, the MVP of this league that that will be uh, soon uh, announced at some point, but we're going to claim it anyway. Uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, he had a game that, you know, um, if, if you look at the statistics, you would just be like, mm, okay, cool. But it, again, it's never about the stats. It's always about what it is that you do uh, and what the tape says. So he completed the game, um, 72% of his passes. Well, if you round it off 73%, only threw 452 yards, but he passed for two touchdowns. Then he had 11 carries for 100 yards, and he also had two touchdowns, totaling his day for to- uh, four total touchdowns. So um, started off slow, you know, and that was something I think that a lot of us were concerned about. Um, one thing that I did notice, Cordell, was instead of the defense for the Texans um, daring Lamar to pass, which, you know, we've heard people say to do in the past, they actually were daring Lamar to throw and taking away the pass. Um, And at first I think Lamar was hesitant. I think they go in the locker room and, you know, we probably had a powwow and Todd Munkin probably went up to him and was like, Hey, you know, you're going to have to run the ball, right? Cause they, they want you to run. Like they're giving you the lanes. They want, they, they don't want you to pass. And, um, in the second half, you saw more of him being involved in the run game, and then everything started to open up. Yeah, I mean, uh, Taylor, two halves for the offense for sure. First half, sluggish. I think uh, nerves were a part of it. Sure. Um, and I think Houston did a, had a good plan. And, yep. you know, uh, they, they blitzed Lamar a lot in the first half. And I think a problem was that the Ravens, a lot of their routes were running right into the coverage. I think the Ravens were going for the, the the Texans' head to start the game. I honestly think, just from the play calling, it looked like they were going for home run plays. And the Texans, they dropped, they're, they're, they're sending the pressure, and everybody else is kind of clouding 15-plus yards down the field, 10, 15-plus yards down the field. And the Ravens didn't have a lot of, check down options. There weren't a lot of quick throws in the first half. Um, And so you got what you got. You got Lamar being sacked multiple times. The two times to end the first half were, that was, that drive was terrible. That that, that was a bad, bad drive. Um, And you saw the offensive line getting overwhelmed. And so, you know, they go into the locker room. Well, Lamar's the first one in the locker room. Um, I noticed that. You know, I, I just they have the TVs in the press box as well. And I'm looking on the sideline and I just see Lamar leaving the bench. And I'm like, oh, he is clearly pissed off. Clearly. So he goes in the locker room. Apparently, he has a lot to say to the team in the <laughs> locker room. Uh, do, do, we, do we have an idea, Cordell, since you know you were there? Do we do we have an idea of what was said? Uh a lot of expletives. Um 
And long story short, they needed to get their stuff together. That weren't playing to the level that they have been playing at to that point in the year. Um, they they were just not being aggressive. They weren't taking a game to the Texans. And Lamar pretty much challenged them to be a totally different team in the second half. And, and they were. It gets started with the Duvernay uh, kickoff return. Huge gets them close to the 50-yard line. Um, Isaiah likely gets the play to start that drive. He's stiff-arming guys and going an extra 10 yards up the field. You, it felt different from that yeah. very first drive on. And and that's really what it turned out to be. They they kind of just railroaded them after that. Um mm-hmm. to go on to win 34 to 10. So um look, the 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 run game is still a little bit of a concern for me. It was a concern coming into the game uh in terms of the running back production. Justice Hill had a good day, 13 carries, 66 yards for him. He continues to be efficient. Gus four four yards a carry. Uh, I'm still looking for more from Gus. I don't. I, I mean, he yeah. had some tough runs. He definitely. They, they got to give him the ball more. I mean, he he didn't start the game, so you know, I, you I, know. I don't know what it is. It, it, I mean, the the carries are pretty well spread around, and this, I mean, you got Gus, you got Justice with 13, Lamar with 11, Gus with 10, and Dalvin Cook ends up with eight himself. Uh, so you know, it, it's it's tough to your point for these guys to really get in a rhythm. Yep. When it says evenly spread around as it is, but that's why it's even more imperative for them to make the most of each carry. And, yep. you know, uh, we'll see what happens as, as it goes on because it's only going to get tougher to run the ball. You, the Chiefs obviously have Chris Jones in the middle and uh, who the Bills have. So um, I think it, that's the one thing that I'm looking at in terms of the run game. Can they get production outside of Lamar uh, in the run game? Um, but yeah, I mean the the passing game was clearly there. I mean Lamar four total touchdowns in the game. He, he played like the MVP. He, he really put the team on his shoulders in the second half. Um, and combined with that, with with the, with the defense was doing, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But offensively, it was great to see them wake up. Isaiah likely continues to be a stud. I mean, yep. And I love when they run that play. Uh, I love it. That was a similar play from the Saints game yep, um, a couple yep. of years ago. And they ago. ran it earlier this year, I think, against Detroit, I want to say. I could be wrong, but they ran it earlier this year. They always have success on that play. And credit to Derek Stingley, who is a I, – I think the world of I, – I think that dude's a stud of a uh, of a DB. Um, he was on it. I mean, he's there, yeah. which is why Lamar had to throw it behind Isaiah yep. Likely, who ends yep. up making – uh, a, a great play. So all in all, you know, like I said, Taylor two has, but it was great to see them look like themselves in the sec- in the second half. My favorite thing is the reception Cordell that Ka- Dalvin Cook had when he came out. People were clapping and and it's crazy, like right, like he just got there, you know. And we didn't even know if that was going to be a thing in terms of him even being on the active roster when he first came. I think a lot of us thought that he would be an insurance policy. Um, oh, because they had Melvin Gordon. He had been on, you know, all year. And then he gets activated, you know. So apparently he must have done something in practice to make them really like it. And I love the reception. Now, he he did only average 2.9 yards to carry, but he had that 19-yard run um, that that looked really good. Um, so shout out to him. But I, I'm with you, man. Like, the second half was definitely one that – it felt like they came and woke up, woke themselves up. Um, and again, 
you know, once they realized that Lamar was going to have to use his legs a little bit more, it started opening things up more for what the offense was able to do in the second half. Um, I know he didn't love, you know, I know he loves to, to, he would prefer to throw. I completely understand the logic in that. Um, but sometimes you just got to put the, you just got to do what, what you got to do. And my favorite thing is, you know, him running uh, in the tunnel, uh, after his touchdown, like Bo Jackson, right. <laughs> and, uh, Ronnie Stanley having to come get him, you know, I mean, at that point, they just having a good time because, you know, uh, they feel like that the game is over. It's no coming back. And, you know, that defense had, had done such a great job of containing Houston. So um, that was definitely exciting to finally see them wake up in the second half. And sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to use a little bit of experience. Explicit words to yeah. get people back into the groove of things. Yeah, I mean, and look, honestly, it continues to show. I've been saying it really all Lamar's career. Any quarterback design run play is like stealing money. It honestly mm-hmm. is. It, it, it's a shame that it. You know, I don't want to say it's a shame, but um, you know, they they waited to the second half to really start leaning on that. Um, I, I just think. As much as they want to, you know, have Lamar be a drop back passer and stuff, you got to go with what works. And both work. Both work right now. And I guess that's the challenge of, you know, when to lean on that. And then also you want to give your running backs opportunities. You don't want to keep exposing Lamar to hit. So I get it. It's it's not like you can just call it every play. But, man, I, if I was Todd Munkin, I'd have, uh, I'd have to stop myself from calling some of those uh, quarterback design runs for, for him because they all pop. They all pop. I mean, they go it to there. It popped because it was there because they, the, the lanes were there for him. He just um, didn't take it. The one thing that you mentioned earlier to Cordell was, and I hope this is something that they learned, whoever they play next week. It wasn't a lot of plays, um, you know, in the, in the flat wasn't a lot of, you know, those types of plays. So they didn't have those options. What I would hope moving forward is if, you know, Lamar is not interested in do, in, in running, you got to put somebody out there. You got to put, you know, um, Ricard out there or Justice Hill out there um, to give them something if Lamar doesn't, if, if the downfield options are not available. But I, look, I, I, I'm i not going to sit here and nitpick and, and split hairs here. They definitely went into halftime and adjusted very, very well. And it, it worked out for them in the long run. My favorite um, statistic uh, is that the Texans, um, had the sixth best run defense. And to me, that's very shaky. They they only gave up 96.6 yards. But I've seen the Texans, when their games have been closed or the games that they've lost, they've given up a lot of rushing yards. So that's a misconstrued stat, in my opinion. Um, so going into this game, you know, um, I think that people were concerned about where they're going to be able to run, particularly because Cleveland didn't do it last week. But in my opinion, it's because Cleveland didn't commit to the run. And that's what happened. The Ravens are always going to commit to the run. That's what they're going to do because they are at at minimum a balanced team. You might want to stay a little bit more run heavy than pass. Um, But ultimately they stuck to what they had, had two over 220 yards, 229 uh, yards on the ground. So good for them for sticking with what it is that they're good at and saying, look, you got to beat us that way. Yeah. I mean, when Lamar's your your quarterback's getting a hundred yards on the ground himself. I mean, it's, it's tough to stop. It's it's tough to stop that. Um, and like I said, I thought Hill had some really good splash runs in there as well. Um, he he's been another one of those guys that's been a godsend for them, kind of along the lines of Isaiah Likely 
Uh, and let's not forget Nelson Aguilar. I almost felt like going into that game, he was going to get a touchdown. He just seems to always slip through the cracks. Every um, time. He, he's honestly probably the best wide receiver they have in the scramble drill because it still drives me crazy that a lot of these dudes are not coming back to the ball when Lamar breaks out of the pocket. That was a thing that was happening a lot in the first half. But Nelson Aguilar, a lot of his plays this year have been during the scramble drill because he continues to make himself available to yep. his quarterback when he extends the play. I, I just wish everybody else would kind of follow suit and do that more often. It's, it's just nerve-wracking at times to watch receivers just standing there with their hands in the air <laughs> or just standing there amazed by Lamar. Some of them, I think, really get caught up. And, and they've said this before. Odell said it. Odell said it. I think they really get caught up watching him and seeing what he's going to do. Um, and in one of the plays where Lamar had kind of dove, I think it may have ended up being the one on the drive where he – scored late and ended up uh, running through the tunnel. But he a, a couple plays before he had a run and he tried to kind of dive into the end zone between two people and he was stopped at like the two-yard line. But he had to tell uh, a couple of his receivers who were right there standing there, watch them, like, go go upfield, go, go block somebody. He got on Ronnie Stanley earlier in the game for not going upfield and blocking. And Ronnie ends up tackling him pretty much on that play. And it, what was so funny was Lamar ends up throwing the touchdown pass to Isaiah Likely. Uh, oh, no, was that was that the touchdown to Likely? I, uh, I can't – I'm sorry, I can't remember. But um, I think it was – or he made – no, he ended up running on the quarterback draw. He ends up scoring a touchdown on that quarterback draw. And he still has something to say to Ronnie Stanley after the fact about that same – I mean, they're still getting into it on the sideline uh, about that previous play. So Lamar is a dude that, you know, he's – obviously locked in he's been telling us all year but it it shows um but his attention to detail right now you know i going into the half i said to one of the other media members this is where that experience from 2019 and all those yep. other years that's where it's, it's got to kick in now it, it's yep. got to kick in now because at halftime it was even in the press box. It was uneasy. It was it was people going into the you know the, we get the pre the halftime meal and we're all giving each other the look in the line like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Felt felt very like oh boy, is this all you know over again? Which it it, it was different because the the um Titans kind of came out hot. Yeah, remember yeah. that was different. That was different. But this one was more so like a chess match. But and that was the thing. Uh, as bad as the Ravens played in the first half, and even at certain points, the good things that the Texans did, it was still a tie game. The Texans yep. didn't score an offensive, you know, an offensive touchdown the entire game. So it, yep. it just reaffirms the only people that can really stop the Ravens right now are the Ravens, and that's what was happening. And I felt like in the first half. Yep, and then in the second half, they definitely figured out a way to move the ball and get uh, points as a result. We'll talk about the defense here on Winning Drive. So, of course, you mentioned the defense uh, only giving up three points, essentially. The ten, the seven points came from a punt return. Um, a very odd day for Jordan Stout, who has played well this mm -hmm. year, but, but for whatever reason was not really on his A game um, on Saturday. But um, look, it all worked itself out. The defense did what they were supposed to do. And you can't 
ask for any something any other way. Uh, you know, led by Roquan Smith, who we just continue to see, you know, this I don't think that this is a, a 20-something year old man. I think that this is Ray Lewis reincarnated or something, man. Like he is well and wise beyond his years, and he's and he's so vocal. Um, and he goes out there. And, you know, the Texans only ended up in the day with 213 total yards, Cordell. They never got inside the Ravens 25, which means they never got into the red zone. Okay. So we saw them beat down the Cleveland Browns and then the Ravens turn around and do that. And Roquan said, you know, look, we're not the Browns. We're the Ravens. And I'm glad that he said it because. You know, look, the Browns is a good defense, and that's fine. The Browns was also put in a situation where they had to um, try to play from behind, and usually, you know, sometimes that doesn't work well. The Ravens were never in doubt in terms of um, playing from behind or any of that stuff, and so they just continue, continue to just be dominant in everything it is that they do. Yeah, I mean, that second half was – was the definition of dominance. Uh, yep. Ravens outgained the Texans 234 to 68 yards. Crazy. Second half. Um, outscored them 24 to nothing in the second half. Just nothing going right for the Texans, yep. honestly. Um, the defense all across the board was outstanding. I thought the tackling, they're so good. I mean, Nico Collins, to his credit, got a couple of screen passes earlier. Some of the bubble screens they were able to get to pop. Uh, he had that nice one on the deep pass over the middle, uh, where Stroud had all day uh, on that when the Ravens tried to run a, a stunt game up front, and, and the Texans whole line did a good job picking it up, and Stroud took his time and, and made a good throw. Um, but outside of a couple of those plays, he had a nice – Throw to Devin Singletary early in the game on the third and yeah. uh, third and something hit Singletary up the sideline, but I mean the the highlights for them were few and far in between. It felt like um, the defense is just they they're aggressive. Uh, they come downhill. They, they're tackling you. Uh, you don't have many missed tackles. They tried to flea flicker screen or whatever it was, and I mean the Ravens are all over it. Geno Stone blowing that up. Um, yeah. Kyle Hamilton blowing up screens. Making oh, Kyle. Oh, Kyle. She the just, dropped interception, Kyle. Oh, the dropped interception was oh, crazy. Kyle. I think I think he thought after the first bobble, I think he thought that the ball was a like, I don't think he realized the ball was kind of still there for him to pick it off because he almost looked surprised on the last, on, on the very last part of that play where he ends up dropping. He almost looked surprised that the ball is like still right there. Um, but hey, I mean, you know, credit to credit to the defense, all in all, like you mentioned, led by Roquan, who led the team in tackles, um, mm -hmm. two tackles for loss. He yep. he just he he just is exactly what this defense needs. Um yep. he's the perfect motivator, um, he's the perfect leader because he leads by example, he plays so fast and yep. physical. You you have to try to keep up with him because if not, it's going to pop out. It's going yep. to show that you're you're kind of you know uh, the anchor. You're, you're kind of holding those guys back because everybody else follows suit with what Rokon is doing. Um, so credit to him. Credit to that secondary. Really good job limiting that explosive offense who had been good. Um, you know, coming into this game and 
they, you know, the defense really didn't give them anything. I mean, it, it's, it's not much to say <laughs> about this defense, to be honest with you. They shut down the run. They they took away the pass. Uh, they got after CJ Trout. And what was the best thing about it? They didn't have any turnovers. They didn't have any sacks. And yep. they still were dominant. To not yep. get any type of explosive game-changing plays and still dominate. I mean, you, you talk about modern-day football and how this game is centered around the offenses in this league. And, you know, to to – to be able to be a triple crown winner in yep. this era is yep. insane. It's yep. truly insane. I mean, I don't think that's been talked about enough. I really don't. I don't think that's been talked about enough. This defense has been a unicorn this year. We You, yeah. you just don't see defenses like this in this era. And I, I, I just, I mean, you look at this Ravens team, and when they really start playing complimentary football, which is what they did in the second half, yep. I just don't see how anybody can beat them. I, 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 I agree. The, the only team that can beat them is them, literally. The only team that can beat the Ravens are the Ravens. When they have slow starts and stuff and you allow kind of defense or other, you know, opposing teams to kind of do their thing, you know, you have the ability. And that's something that we've all seen, we've seen all year. Um, and we've talked about this, that the losses that they had were a lot of to do with them and not the opponent. So um, good for them for finding a way to get, you know, around their first half jitters uh, in that regard. I, I just don't I, there's so many great things that you could say. And you, you mentioned how the defense is like a unicorn. But that, to me, they have unicorns on different levels. Like Kyle Hamilton is, is a unicorn in terms yeah. of how big he is, how and how big he is, his wingspan and how smart he is in terms of how, you know, he's apparently a, 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 a he's a guy that watches film like religiously, like all the time, kind of obsessive with it. Uh-huh. Um, he loves studying his opponents in and out. And you got Roquan Smith, who is like the second coming of Ray Lewis. You know what I'm saying? They, they're guys that just really feel like that they're not replaceable on this roster. So um, that definitely helps into what it is that they need to do to slow down a Texans uh, offense that had just been riding high for weeks now says a lot about what this defense is able to do to essentially anybody, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, and it was kind of the tail of two halves a little bit for the Texans offense. You know, they were able to make some things happen. And I think in the second half, Mike McDonald made an adjustment himself to start blitzing more especially yeah. on third downs on third yep. down i thought he he started to bring the heat they sped the game up on cj stroud and in, in the first half he seemed comfortable he seemed yep. in rhythm he seemed confident that all went out the window in the second half he he seemed indecisive uh he he seemed anxious he he, he seemed rushed um so you know, this, look, again, I, I think the rate, this defense is dominant. They're one of yep. the most dominant defenses we've seen in a while because there really aren't no flaws. And remember, they played this game without Marlon Humphrey. You wouldn't be able to tell. that I continue to double and triple and quadruple down on Brandon Stevens and what he has been to this team all year. He had a good day. Ronald Darby, who was tested quite a bit in this game, I thought Ronald Darby had a really good day. Um, as well. So all in all, great game all up front. Those guys balled out. Clowney was all over the place. Van Noy making huge stops. 
Um, I, I thought Travis Jones played strong. I, I, I just, I, I was really impressed. I mean, Clowney and Van Noy, man. Clowney and Van Noy. Golly, man. Yeah. These are two guys that we just, I, I want to give them all the flowers while they're here. Because I don't know what happens when they leave here. I don't know how this goes. But these are two veterans that I think, at least for Clowney, because of the way that he left Cleveland, you just didn't really know how that was going to, you know, go. And, you know, when eventually he would, you know, decide that he, he didn't want to necessarily play at a high level anymore. And, you know, Van Noy being um, on the street, essentially, in the beginning of the season, I don't understand why. I don't know why anybody didn't pick him up because he's been a phenomenal um, factor into what it is that they've been doing. Um, I, you just got to kudos to Eric DaCosta, man. Like those two guys have been such a great part of what this defense has been able to do. And they also bring in veteran leadership into, into that uh, conversation as well, particularly Van Noy, who's won a Super Bowl um, already. So that that's just, those were two hirings that have just overachieved itself, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. I mean, and it just continues to, show us that Mike McDonald in this system is, uh, you know, it, it almost I'm almost starting to feel like anybody could jump up. I could go out there and get five interceptions, to be honest with you. I mean, I think he'd find a, the best way to utilize me and put me in the positions to succeed, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know. I mean, I, he he's just been that good. He's been that right. good. And I talked right. about that matchup between him and Bobby Slowick coming into this game, and – Winner goes to Mike McDonald. You know, he yet again aces a test, uh, completely confuses the, another offensive coordinator. And I, I just I just think he continues to add to um, his impressive resume. I completely agree with you. And so uh, it's just been fun to watch, man. This defense has been lights out all year. Uh, I, I love the fact that um, Mike McDonald has actually – heard about the uh, smear campaign against him <laughs> over yeah, on the internet. Right. Yeah. Apparently, he knows that people have been, like, uh, sending tweets to teams saying that, you know, Mike McDonald kicks puppies or, you know, whatever. Uh, Marlon Humphrey's sister said that he called their mama a boy, scallywag, and, you know, it's he hilarious. Some of them were good. You know, he said yeah. most of them were bad, <laughs> but he thought some of them, he thought some <laughs> of them made him laugh. It, it look, and it's not malicious intent because you know some of them probably did go too far. You know oh, what I mean? Oh. But you know, God, look, that just means that people want you to stay here, bro, and they they willing to say whatever it is, you know, not too far uh, to keep you here. So uh, that I is just you to say. I really would not be surprised if both coordinators are back in. I would not either. If you're looking I would at not these high profile jobs and you're starting to see who they're honing in on. Yep. They, they're not leaving for the Panthers. You know what I'm saying? There, there, yep. There's got to be something worth the while. So I really wouldn't be shocked if they're both back. I completely agree with you there. All right, let's talk Pats on the hat here on Winning Drive. All right, it's Pats on the hat time, Cordell. There's a lot to give out, but, you know, we typically narrow it down to three. So I'll let you start. Uh, you, go, you go ahead. Ladies first. All I right. I right. last like three times and I take the, I don't want to take the, the, the leader anymore. All right, cool. Cause I'm going to take him. I'm going to take, yeah, the, I'm going to take Lamarvelous. Lamar Jackson. Obviously you got to give it to him. Uh, 112 passer rating. 
um, 100 yards rushing, four total touchdowns. Nobody ever has done that. Regular season, postseason, doesn't matter. Lamar Jackson continues to show the league that not only is he a special talent, but he is one of one, and he is the MVP of this league, regardless of what anybody else tries to tell you. And so um, we're going to continue to give Lamar Jackson his flowers because he very well so deserves it. So Lamar gets my first pat on the hat. I'm going on the defensive side. I'm going to go with Roquan. Roquan, just like Lamar, he led his unit. Um, yep. He, he's he's the captain in battle. And, I, I mean, he's an easy person to to follow behind um, because he leads by example. And and he can talk the talk. You know, he he's, he he rushes the talk. He is not afraid to, to speak his mind. And equally as so, he is an, as anxious to go out there and back it up. And um, I do love this kind of um, tutelage that he has given to Patrick Queen because Queen kind of follows that mantra. I mean, Queen, I don't think, tries to give the quotes that Roquan does, but Queen will give you good quotes as well. <laughs> and, you know, and you look, you watch the games. Queen's the talker. Queen, Queen's the one that always has to – he and he and Derek Singletary, uh, Devin Singletary, had to be separated a bunch of times in that game. Queen had a lot to say to him, to Dalton Schultz. That's just what he does, and he's a warrior as well. But I, I, I just – I think a lot of it is due to what Roquan Smith has brought. I think his, his personality is in-game personality because who he is in-game and who he is off the field – are two totally different people. Yeah, very nice guy off the field. Very nice guy. It's crazy. You don't really see like, play with that type of intensity. And then off the field, they're kind of that, you know, soft-spoken, kind of gentle type of dude. Yeah. But that's that that's that's who he is. Um, but yeah, on game day, he is a total monster. And you know, as we like we say with Lamar, as as he goes. This team will go. I think that's the same with Roquan and this defense. You know, as Roquan goes, as he continues to set the tone, this defense will continue to follow suit. I completely agree with you. Like you said, he's the gentle giant when he's off. Um, but then he's like this dude that is just ridiculously, you know, uh, a different guy. He, he, there's football Roquan and then there's personal Roquan. Yep. And, and I, you can't tell me any different. There's two different people. Um, I'm going to go with Nelson Aguilar. I know he his, he didn't do much, right? He's targeted four times. He had two receptions for 12 yards and a touchdown. But someone asked before the game, earlier in the week, who did they think that the Ravens were the, like the X factor would be in order for, you know, for them to – continue to go. And I, I said Nelson Aguilar. And my answer is because um, not even just, you know, him scoring touchdowns. He's literally probably the fourth wide receiver on the, the depth chart, right? But you mentioned this earlier, like what Nelson Aguilar is able to do, like he comes back to the ball. He, you know, he continues to run and try to get himself open. He knows how to roll coverages his way. He's a very smart football player. Um, and I know that the statistics don't tell you how important that he is to this team, but he is an important part of this team. And he showed that um, in Saturday's game. And so I just think that he's a lot of times the unsung hero. And um, I, I'm going to give him the respect that he absolutely has earned and deserves. So um, while the statistics don't tell you much about what Aguilar is doing, he is doing um, out there. So um, I'm giving him his flowers. I'm going to give him a pat on the hat. 
Yeah, I'm gonna uh, go on the offensive side as well. Um, I'm gonna go with Isaiah Likely, who gets the touch, gets a touchdown, two catches, 34 yards. Not a great statistical day for him, but I, I just love this kid's growth. I, I love uh, Lamar's trust in him. He's become so good in the red zone. He, he, His hands, for as much as he struggled to catch the ball earlier in the season when Mark was there, it's kind of gone away. He is, he's caught everything, it feels like, that's thrown to him. And the catch he makes uh, in that game for the touchdown, I mean, it's behind him. He's got to kind of contort his body in the air. He catches it with his hands, strong hands, snatches it out the air. I, that that's a sign of a confident player right there. So uh, I'm 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 big on what Isaiah Likely has done for this offense. I said it earlier in the season uh, when we did our overall season pass on the hat that I think he is kind of the guy that stabilized this offense when, once Mark Andrews went down. He he not only kept the ball rolling, but he opened up a new layer for this offense. That's really when the off off script stuff really started to become a thing for them. And, and he has done a good job of making himself available, finding vacated areas. Um, just, just being a good tight end one. He, he has yep. been there, um, for them. So Isaiah likely he continues to mature. He's only going to get better. He's all, this is only year two for Isaiah likely. So only year um, to, to really watch this dude. Yeah. I, and it's been fun from, from the Colts game where he got, you know, a lot of people weren't too thrilled about, you know, the drop passes to where he's been now has just been remarkable. And we just got to we got to give him his flowers. So um, I think my last one is going to be to Patrick Queen. It's very hard because it's like, again, they didn't have any sacks. They didn't have any turnovers, but yet they were so dominant. Right. And I can give it to anybody. I really could. Um, but I'll give it to Patrick Queen because he also had five uh, tackles as well. And, um, you know, I just love that duo of Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith. and I don't know what happens in the offseason, but I, you know, I really hope that those two guys together can find a way to muster up a uh, championship this year because they deserve it. And, you know, you don't know if, how long that that's going to last, you know, after the postseason is over, when the season is finally over. Cause, you know, Patrick Queen, in my opinion, um, is going to get a good contract somewhere else. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to be melancholy about it, but I guess I'm saying, like, you got to savor these moments in, in terms of how well they complement each other, how good they play together. And I thought that he all, he also had a, a good night as well. So, I mean, we know that that defense overall, I wish I could just give the pat on the hat to the whole defense because mm -hmm. I feel like they deserve it. Uh, not giving up a touchdown is huge, huge, okay, especially in the playoffs. That's right. huge. So, I mean, they all deserve it. But, you know, if I had to give a specific pat on the hat, I'll give Queen my third pat on the hat. And to your point, I mean, I asked John Harbaugh after the game about the defense's performance. He said the defense was as good as it could be. I mean, and honestly, that that's about the best way you could put it. I mean, I don't think they could have been any better than they were. Sure, they could have gotten that interception from Kyle Hamilton or gotten a couple of sacks, but all in all, it's the same result. You're not giving anything up. Yeah, you, they, they, all their drives are stalling out. I, I, I thought the defense was just outstanding. I'm gonna give my last one to a defensive guy as well. I'm gonna go with Justin Matabike, the kind of the yeah. unsung hero of mm -hmm. that game. Justin Matabike, 
uh, team high four pressures. He had uh, he had he was killing Shaq Mason all game. Three of his eleven, uh, three of uh, his four pressures came against Shaq Mason, uh, and they were only matched up eleven times in the game. Mm-hmm. According to Next Gen Stats, Matabike also had two quarterback hits in the game as well. Of course, didn't get the sack like we mentioned, but Matabike setting that tone, making uh, C.J. Stroud uncomfortable, forcing him to get off his spot, still hitting him at times. Um, Matabike continues to be that man in the middle. And uh, you mentioned Queen for your last one, and I mentioned in Matabike, two guys who are in the last year of their deal, one of them at least, I would imagine, will be around next year at least uh, with the franchise tag. But, um, yeah, th- th- that's that's part of the reason why, you know, you're like, you got to do it now. You, you got to go get it now because this team is not going to look the same next year. Um, you know, the money will be tighter. You'll have key guys, key young guys who are in contract years that will probably go on elsewhere. So while you have this team right now, you you got to take advantage of it, and they. I continue to say it. They they do have the best team in football. Yeah, it, it, I, they're so well rounded on both sides of the ball. And you know, number one in scoring defense, number two scoring offense. I mean, perfect match, uh, in, in terms of what it is that they both want to do. And and so I'm giving an honorable mention to John Harbaugh. He got a little bit of moves. I seen yeah. your moves in the locker room, coach. Yeah. He was in there jamming a, a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so shout out to you. For uh, getting it in the circle and doing whatever it is that you was doing. You was having a good old time. And I was enjoying watching it as well. Also, honorable mention to Cordell is I would I'd like to say the fans. Because I thought there was a lot of discourse about people, you know, because people were selling tickets. First of all, let's be clear. SeatGeek is a resale site, okay? So the tickets were bought. <laughs> like, like, let's start with the fact that the tickets were bought. These were not actual tickets these were resale tickets okay so there was a lot of discourse about people uh, about so many tickets being for sale and look you know obviously the cold weather it was 20 degrees outside um played a huge role into why the prices dropped and that's understandable by the way the prices for the chiefs game was like 30 dollars. so i don't know why we're doing this people don't like to sit outside in cold weather it's fine however the bank was full let's start there the bank was rocking um and so Essentially, it had no effect on what it is that they did. They had against the Texans offense five false starts, one delay a game. Uh-huh. I, to, to me, it feels the A's. So y'all complained of all that time and all the people showed up and they were loud. I, I yeah. you know, maybe you should just let things play out and see how it goes. So, and Rokon made a good point. Rokon made a good point about that uh, and we, what the fans did in the game because he said it helps out the pass rushers because um, then the snap count becomes more predictable now because they, you know, they, they got to make sure they're all on the same pace. So it now allows the pass rushers to kind of pick up on the cadence a little bit. So yeah, the fans were huge. I mean, it felt like there was at least one false start on each drive to start that yep. game. Uh, the Texans were moving backwards. So yeah, the, the fans were definitely, uh, loud out there, and it's going to have to be even louder next week, obviously. So we want to thank you all for listening. We'll talk this week about the matchup that the Ravens will be facing um, and some things that we can see in terms of what's going to help them advance to their first championship with Lamar Jackson at the helm. So enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. Ravens get their first 
AFC Championship game in over 50 years next Sunday at 3 p.m. And we are excited about it and uh, be excited this week, guys, because you definitely earned it, especially if you were there. We want to thank you all for listening. Until next time, so from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty Four Hundred Sports is an Odyssey company.